Welcome to In Search of Wisdom, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. In this episode, my guest is Ivo Brugmans, the author of Paradoxical Leadership, How to Make Complexity an Advantage. Ivo is a philosopher, political scientist, and management consultant. He is fascinated by paradoxes and the challenge of bringing together opposite approaches and opening new perspectives that combine the power of both sides. In the conversation, Evo and I discuss the meaning of paradoxes, either-or thinking, the history of paradoxes, the fundamentals of both-and thinking, what it means to be paradoxically competent, and so much more. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Evo is one of the world's leading experts in paradoxical thinking, and you can learn more about his work and the book at paradoxical-leadership.com. All right, without any further delay, I now bring you the wise and gracious Evo Brugmans. Well, Evo, it's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to In Search of Wisdom. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to chatting about your new book, Paradoxical Leadership. But before we get into the book, we generally spend a few minutes and talk about how you came to be interested in paradoxes. I know you have a, a background in philosophy. How did this all get started? Yeah, well, I think it's deeply ingrained in, in who I am. Uh, I think, um, yeah, my, my mother was Dutch and my father was Belgian. Well, for you in the U.S., it's completely the same because they speak the same language, but it's two cultures. And, and, and also being raised in this bicultural environment that, that makes you think about different aspects of yourself and switching between different registers. And like you said, I studied philosophy, and there I was also interested in paradoxes. I, I wrote my thesis on logical paradoxes, uh, the, the, the liar's paradox. Uh, this, this sentence is not true. If it's true, it's not true, etc. And that also introduced that aspect of, a, of going at a meta level, uh, because at, at the level of the sentence, you cannot say. But anyway, you have to have, go at a higher level and... Anyway, after my philosophy studies that, that was resting 25 years and then it came back again, I was a consultant uh, traveling a lot for my work with uh, uh, throughout Europe. And there I was puzzling about the question, how can we live in a sustainable way? And that relates to, well, on the one hand, you got this paradigm of unlimited growth, uh, personal growth, economic growth, and, and everyone wants to grow. Uh, but on the other hand, you have to limit your footprint. You, you have to diminish, in fact, your footprint. So, in fact, you came to a kind of two opposites. And either you were for uh, sustainability, either you were for growth, But my and you can be something in the middle. Eh? You can be a kind of compromise. But my question was, is it possible to have both? Because 
growth is a deep human need, but sustainability is another very important need. So can we have both? And, and I was thinking about it was the time of Second Life at the predecessor of the metaverse. Well, maybe we can yeah, grow unlimitedly in the, in the virtual world. I, not knowing that all these server parks need a lot of electricity, or we can, yeah, expand in our in our limitless imagination. Huh? Uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't. I don't say that these are the the, the solutions, but it starts me thinking about well, looking at every societal problem. They have two sides, huh? and and how can we bring them together? That was one well very important driver for me to to get this thinking about paradoxes it was well first book was in 2013 in uh, 10 years ago exactly 10 years ago and also from my my experience as a consultant i saw organizations flip-flop from one side to the other eh? centralized decentralized etc and a lot of value that was built up was destroyed again so my thinking was also, is there another way of, of changing, eh? changing societies, changing organizations, changing, changing yourself? And the third source that is, is of course, uh, back to myself, because it always starts with yourself. You, I've now written four books about this topic, but yeah, it's on the hand, one hand, it is about um, yeah, changing things in society or in organization, but in fact, you write these books to better understand yourself. So, um, and, and that's also the puzzle. If I do a, a one, one personality test, I'm a complete introvert. Doing another, I'm a complete extrovert. And the question is, who is the real, um, who is the real Evo? Huh? And uh, that's an identity question that a lot of people struggle also with today. Eh? Who, who are you? Eh? Are you this or are you a broad range of different well, aspects of yourself that also have their place in the, in in yourself as a whole. So th- these are well a long introduction to say, well that, that it touched me really. It's not something ah well I'm going to write a book about paradoxes because uh, at the time in 2008 no nobody talked about paradoxes. So it was something that I developed a little bit by researching myself and uh, just well let's say. 2017, 2018, I discovered that there were also parallel um, um, researchers overall, or all in the world. So it was interesting to, to it's kind of parallel evolution huh? you see on different continents coming because the time is ripe to to do this. Yeah, it's so interesting that this work with with paradoxes goes all the way back to to your thesis. So quite a bit of time exploring this and there's still much to explore maybe as a place to start for any listeners that might be new to terms like polarities and paradoxes how would you maybe def- define those and and differentiate if uh, mm. if needed for any listeners out there all right that's a, that's a very good question in fact any any Everyone knows a dilemma. Huh? Uh, you have to make a kind of choice. Huh? Are you going, for example, doing your uh, your emails uh, tonight, or are you going out with friends or going to the movies? Well, that's a dilemma. You can you cannot do both. You have to make a choice. Well, you can do both, but that's that's not ideal. Huh? 
Um, that, that's a dilemma. But that's at, at the level of the surface. Be deeper, there are the deeper drivers of people. And that is, on the one hand, my, for example, my need to relax. And on the other hand, my sense of duty, my sense of responsibility. And these are two, let's say, two little angels uh, whispering something different in my ear. These, these are the polarities. These are the underlying needs and values that drive my behavior. Also in other contexts, eh? uh, dilemma is specifically on a specific context. These polarities are parts of myself eh? struggling. And the paradox in my, um, in my thinking is the combination of two. Eh? And that is mostly you can, you can phrase a, a paradox in terms of a question. In this, uh, in this example, how can, I, how, how, how can I do my duties in a very relaxed way? And, and there are different ways to do that. But anyway, that is phrasing the, the, the question in a different way. So the different levels. And I think for me, my, my book... Uh, the name of my book is Paradoxical Leadership, but yeah, the, the basis is the polarities that 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 are the cornerstone of the of the whole work. Yeah? Polarities and getting to the polarities, and there from that is the basic material where you can build new combinations, new both end solutions. Something that's maybe going to come up. You've kind of touched on it already of either or thinking and both and thinking. And a question you pose in the book is, why is either-or thinking so attractive? So why is there a pull towards this either-or? Oh, it's, it's so, it's, it, it gives enormous clarity, huh? because you have to, uh, if you say, okay, Joshua, what kind of person are you? Are you a blue person or a red person or a yellow person uh, in terms of management types or whatever? Well, it's clear to say, ah, yes, uh, that is clear, that is predictable, um, and for example, for a leader, it's very clear you know, that this is this is the direction we're going to centralize, or we're going to decentralize, or we're going to uh, innovate or, or stabilize. So it's enormously attractive, and it can work quite well. Uh, it can work well in situations that, in fact, you need a kind of very clear direction, but only for a moment, only for a very limited. Uh, a lapse of time because otherwise uh, the aspect of polarities is that both are connected and and the, the one cannot without the other uh, if uh, if you say if you centralize a lot of take that example well then it becomes bureaucratic hmm? uh, so then you need the other side let's say oh close to your market decentralized etc if you do that too much then it becomes a liability in the sense that it, everything is loose sand and there is no connection anymore so you go back to so both both poles need each other um and therefore, uh, it's only for a short term that you can say for a, in a crisis, let's say, uh, well, well, let's go that way. Eh? For example, if your organization is at the brink of, uh, of, of collapse, then while well, you say, well, let's focus now on stabilizing whether we have and, and put all the innovation projects uh, at, in the fridge, eh? for example. But that only works for a limited period of, uh, of time. And also there in crisis, it can be quite dangerous. Eh? We saw that in the COVID crisis that uh, we we never estimated the the downside of having a lockdown, for example, on, on the implication on mental health, on uh, on um, 
domestic uh, violence, etc. So that, that is the other side that we did not did not see foresee. So it's always has these two sides, and also in a in such a in such a crisis, you have to balance both. Eh? You have to balance uh, m- mental uh, uh, health and, and physical health, or economy and, and people. So it's always kind of trade-off where you try to have well the best of both in that sense. So it is quite attractive, but it has its large uh, disadvantages, uh, of course, uh, because, uh, yeah, you see that, um, and, and let me name some of them, um, that is organizations and society goes from one side to the other because you overemphasize this one. So you, the system has to self-correct, but the system always self-corrects, but it can be with a big bang or it can be in a fluent way. And often we do that in the Big Bang. Eh? If, uh, uh, often when organizations change, because then they're confronted with so much liabilities of their the, the strategy that they have to go uh, 180 degrees uh, turnaround to compensate that. So that is a lot of value that is created has it will be destroyed again and that is that is something that is not very a very sustainable way and it also doesn't uh, well it is quite frustrating or for for people who work in an organization because then you say well what you did in the past was not good now this is the new course and that is uh, this is the the holy grail now and people who who work a long time in an organization have seen these flip-flops uh, for many years and they become cynical and another another big issue with with this whole either or thinking is that you get polarized a polarized situation where because we love to have these both poles to to put them in a neat box eh? but then then it's pure that's <laughs> pure and and we we put a, a Chinese wall between them eh? we got a in an organization an innovation department and a finance department and they're doing all at all finance and doing all innovation but by doing this, you interrupt, let's say, the the self-correcting mechanism, the feedback mechanisms, and anyway, then it it start polarizing, and then it clashes, uh, and it is not a very productive way. So my thinking is also about how how can we get from a polarized situation back to a a good normal dialogue, and of course, uh, also either or, you get endless discussions uh, in organizations. For example, between um, yeah, are we going to change the structure and then the culture will, will will follow, or are we going to start with the culture? Well, both are true, of course. But uh, anyway, you can have endless discussions about this. This is the chicken or the egg, like we said here in the, in. The, um, so I think it's much most. It was certainly in this time, eh? because um, in a, in a world that is reasonably small these impacts are quite small but we live in a globalized world in an open world where um, these balances in one side of the, of the world have an immediate impact elsewhere right? see the covid uh, crisis for example or economic uh, instability it's a fascinating thing this uh, pendulum swing or overcorrection i think any of the listeners in organizations have probably experienced maybe some sort of overcorrection. I, I spent my adult life in the military and I know that was, you know, a thing that comes up of you, you go to the, to the opposite pole. 
I'm curious to ask from an from an individual perspective. It seems like maybe uh, something that comes to mind is um, picking up a new like exercise habit. Like maybe there's a a pain point you're you're made aware that uh, a change in lifestyle needs to happen. So you swing to this other side and create some sort of really rigorous five or six day a week, you know, exercise routine, which obviously isn't sustainable in the long term oftentimes. And it creates another pain point and issues maybe at work and family. And then it swings back the middle way. How can we see that middle way a, a little, yeah. little easier maybe? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not an advocate for, for let's say what Aristotle say, the, 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 the golden middle way. In fact, sometimes you have to go left and something, well, you have, to, you have to have the flexibility to move around this axis. Um, but I think it's very important to do, be conscious about it. And to, for example, I have been working hard and playing hard, for example, if you, you get signals that you're, maybe too far in the hard-working side. Huh? And, and often we don't listen to the signal, so we go into the red, and then we, we're totally exhausted and we need to rest or we get into a depression if it's, or a burnout. If it's. So if we, if we monitor these signals, because every, every system, your, your body, an organization, or society gives these signals very clear, and you only have to listen to it. For example, in an organization, you have people who always, who are a kind of, um, the, the, how you call it, the canaries in the mind. They, 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 they notice that something is going in the wrong direction. They start to complain and you say, well, they, they, they are complaining, etc. But anyway, maybe the solution that they propose is not the right solution. But they give the signal, and it's interesting to, to take seriously the signal, as that you take the signals of your own body or your own uh, your own, because because these these systems are self-correcting. You you don't have to do much about it; just only listen to that. So, and then you can take the turn more in a more fluent way. So, I think we need to be a full. Person, we need, we need the full range eh, from being extrovert to introvert. From, but uh, and in in some contexts you need to be very extrovert. In some, well, it needs to be reflective, etc. But uh, know when you're going too far. Eh? When 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 something becomes a liability, um, that that helps um, and that requires. And we we probably going to talk about that. Some skills and it's one of the most important skills is self-reflection on that side and self-awareness, uh, uh, not only for yourself, but also as, as a part of an organization where you work. Nice. And you talk about in the book, the fundamentals of both and thinking, and you identify three. And I want to touch on the, the first one, valuing the power of both sides. Mm -hmm. Could you unpack that a, a bit? Yeah, well, valuing both sides is sometimes not so difficult because then we say, well, we have to st stabilize and we have to innovate. Well, that's that's equal value. Of course, everyone understands that you need stability, you need innovation. But what about 
these kind of unvalues, eh? let's say that we saw all um, decay or destruction or um, um, let's say grief or emotion or um, um, that you're more, let's say, timid or introvert. Or, th these are values that are not so valued in our society. Uh, the, 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 but they have, my, in my thinking, they have a role to play uh, because they are counterbalancing something. You, if, you, if you're always happy, 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 there is something that you put aside and that is maybe your, your well, your, uh, let's say, um, I don't know how you say it in English, your, your, your grieving side or your, your tristesse or whatever that, that is. And if you don't allow that, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Everything what you put away becomes enormously big. That's the, the pink elephant in the room where no, nobody talks about, but it's so present. Yeah. You see that, that what I call shadow, eh? organizations that is, that, that are, are very, let's say, um, comforting, familiar, uh, hugging, etc. They, they often are very hard organizations because they cover something up that is not in the mainstream, but in the in the in the in the stream below, and that is uh, uh, jealousy, selfishness. Because these are not values. No, no, uh, we we are uh, all connected, etc. But everything what is below the surface is 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 determining the behavior. So valuing is getting the positive side of things that you probably dislike or at the first sight find repulsive, and say what can be the how can I use, how, how can I not suppress it, but how can I use the the power that lies beneath it in a in a good in a in a in a, in a positive way? Uh, you, you see that 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 uh, books like the power of vulnerability or the power of silence, uh, the, the power the, these are all books that become bestsellers, mega sellers. Why? Because they tap into something that is not recognized as being a value. No, it is more the lack of uh, something else. And then people get the recognition and then while well, a whole of, lot of energy comes free. So it is, it is something that is extremely powerful. Um, and it is looking on what is the positive value below that is not, not always obvious. For example, uh, I, myself, I have, I have difficulty to, to have clear boundaries. Um, I say, well, uh, I do that for you. I, I, take that, I take on this responsibility. I do this. this, this. Until uh, I, it's like here, and, uh, and then it's one question, and it's too much, and I explode. Uh, you see only the, uh, the, the, the behavior, but uh, it's an extreme reaction towards not setting my boundaries clear enough from the start let's say and therefore it gets it gets not not in a very it is not in a just relaxed way now then it, it's too much and then you get this shadow coming in so that is get to the bottom of what how can this help me how can this also be a value decay destruction can be a value because it can create new opportunities for growth and new opportunities. And people like decay uh, because, and I wrote in a book, uh, people go uh, to old ancient uh, cities with a lot of ruins and they, well, they enjoy just this, 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 uh, this something that is 
in, in their eyes, uh, decay, well, that's not the value. So that's a little bit what I want to say with that. And I think it's very important to do so instead of pushing it under the carpet. Uh, yeah, and it can be a challenging thing depending on the particular side. It, it reminds me of um, Thich Nhat Hanh's book. The the late Zen master wrote a book, uh, No Mud, No Lotus, yeah, yeah, where he talks about that and happiness and suffering. It can be a challenging thing to value that side of suffering. Obviously, the happiness for most of us is a, is an easier side to to yeah. put value yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't say that you have to to seek unhappiness, uh, uh, but I say if there is unhappiness, uh, well, let it be uh, instead of trying to put it away and try to be joyful, etc. Because it doesn't disappear by being joyful. It is there and it just needs to come out in, in one way or another. And it can come in out in an extreme way or it can out come in, an, in a normal way. And, and so I'm, I'm not a guru saying, um, <laughs> seek, seek unhappiness, uh, people. Um, yeah, and we'll get into it towards the end of the conversation, but it reminds me of, of one of the skills, this allowing discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like allowing it to, to be um, subtle difference, but an important one. Can I ask a, a curiosity question to you? You said back in 2008 when you were writing, you know, your first book on the on the topic, not as many people were talking about uh, uh, paradoxes. Now, you um, a, a few months back, we had a, another author on a, of both and thinking. I know in, um, you know, some recent courses that I've went through in the last decade or so, this idea of polarities and paradoxes has been integrated. But as you talk about in the book, it's not a new idea. You like Lao Tzu, Heraclitus, the Buddha, many of these other things. The philosopher Carl Jaspers called this period the Axel period, you know, 2,500 years ago. How do you make sense of you know, 2,500 years ago, many different parts of the world talking about some of these ideas. And then maybe now today, it getting some momentum and, and things like that. How do you think about or make sense yeah, of that? Is, uh, yeah, Lao Tse and then Heraclitus, uh, that was, in fact, two completely different uh, cultures, uh, the Greek one and the, and the Chinese one, who, who came up with this idea that the universe consists of of, of powers that uh, that uh, the, di- the dynamic of, uh, of of opposing forces and uh, as a creator of of, of life etc. Um, I think well what is um, what is driving our culture also is the question well hey we got it in the in uh, in all the religions of the book eh, where you got um, the, the heavenly powers and 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 and, and the earth, earthly powers and, and well heaven is is much stronger than than earth eh? so you got the kind of and, and Plato is also kind of dualistic world where you get uh, the world of ideas is is nice and, and the rest is just uh, the, the material world is just an uh, an illusion in fact eh? um, so you get also this dualistic thinking. Um, 
and that worked well because we 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 live also i think in our western culture it's the idea of makeability yeah that you can shape the world like you want eh? with science and technology etc but we are now running into some boundaries uh, because all the complex issues that we face today are not technical questions uh, the the uh, the migration the migration issue or the the, the climate issue or the, the economic issue but these are very complex um, uh, complex challenges where in fact you always need to have both sides if you do on one side it it, it goes just the other way around uh, so you have to work on different uh, button press on button different buttons at the same time and now I think because my, to my my first book appeared in 2013 in Dutch, and after one year it was well the the it was a kind of uh, d- discounted and uh, well no one no one wanted to buy the book it was the most beautiful book ever written by the way but anyway it was not recognized but then four or five years later I I wrote a second book paradoxical leadership in Dutch. And it became a success, a huge success, because the time has has incredibly changed, and, and we're living now in this what we call a VUCA world, a volatile, unpredictable, complex, ambiguous, and that has b- become increasingly well difficult. So, so managers, but also uh, politicians, are, are looking on ways to yeah to tackle these 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 profound questions in a different way and they see that linear thinking doesn't work anymore so i think it's it's really the need that um yeah that 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 we need another way of thinking to approach these kind of complex uh, uh questions otherwise they were long long solved but but we we are we are against the kind of uh limitation in this and and a lot of also in leadership, one sees that, okay, the, the paradigm of the strong leader who knows the solution, mm, that's not it. It's, it's, it's much more complex. It is much more a balancing act than a kind of that decisiveness act that is not, not on the level of dilemmas, it's on the level of polarities and, and interconnected polarities. It's, it's such an interesting thing. You were talking about growing up in these different cultures and, uh, it's a fascinating thing of um, like as you talk about the maybe some sort of stereotypical leader identifying and pointing some sort of direction or something like that. But when you travel a lot and if you're able to experience these different cultures, like you have you the particular culture where you were raised, there's a set of <laughs> it's this way, it's that way. Then you can go to the other side of the world and it's the complete opposite and and it works as well. You know, it's like, um, there's not necessarily the way there's many, many ways, but sometimes it's, it's difficult to see that like traveling cultures is one way. Are there any other ways that come to mind that's maybe helped you to see some of these, uh, paradoxes and, and, and maybe see a bit of the both sides? Yeah. Um, well, uh, just uh, maybe that's not the answer to your question, but but I think well a good a, a interesting example I uh, I witnessed uh, recently. I, I, I work with uh, the, the 
uh, a number of big cities in the Netherlands, like Rotterdam and Amsterdam, uh, also in their, uh, yeah, how to work with the city. And um, what one of my contact persons gave an interesting uh, example of uh, you got some neighborhoods where people throw out their old bread from their balconies down, uh, down. And, and and well, it's it's polluted the the public space, and you get rats, and you get pigeons, and you get all kind of. And then you say, well, you need to be re repressive on this because this is not a very civil a civil behavior, and you have to have fines, etc. And that is one way of to approach it. But it, interesting is if you talk to these people who come from another culture, in their culture, throwing the bread that is left over is kind of giving it back to the earth, and 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 they don't want to have waste because waste is something that is sinful or whatever. Eh? So the paradoxical solution is how can we use the driver that is in their culture to transform that in something different and maybe not throw it out of the balcony, but uh, maybe um, use it to make electricity or use it to make uh, cakes or whatever. Huh? Uh, so that is how can you transform it? Because that, the, the dilemma is what we see that is people throwing bread uh, out of the out of the windows. Uh, scandalous huh? uh, how they do that but what is below that and that's interesting and that is also asking the question and being curious why are you doing that and we suppose presuppose often that these people are un, uh, uh, of the other people eh? the, uh, are, are uncivilized or they don't know uh, etc or they are just stupid or but there are often and that is uh, the, these positive drivers. That is this value thing. What are the positive drivers? Be, be, uh, uh, because people do, that don't want something, they want something else. They want so. What is this positive thing that they want? No, I I, I think that's really really helpful and and interesting uh, and something we'll we'll talk a little bit about of uh, humility. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing how. Humility is, I don't know, it seems to me like in my own experiences, like, you know, how might I be wrong or some sort of even, you know, as you talk about some of these things of, of seeing the other side seems to be such an important thing. And it, and it reminds me of, of something that made me laugh in the way of these uh, paradoxical interventions. Yeah of the uh, driving while texting. Could you talk a little bit about <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, well, a paradoxical intervention is, in fact, that you do the opposite what you want, uh, what you want to realize. In fact, instead of, uh, uh, yeah, well, you want to convince someone and then you can uh, can have the one argument after the other and, and, and trying to convince with arguments. And the more you convince, the more the other get into uh, resistance because no one... No one wants to be changed from the outside. Uh, so uh, you could do the other way. You could say, well, yes, I'm completely, uh, I completely agree with you. What a beautiful idea. It's fantastic. Well, you, we have to, 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 to share that with humanity uh, and then exaggerate it a little bit so that the other person is, is well, oh, okay, okay, he's not against me. So start thinking and start self-correcting yourself because otherwise you've got the polarity saying, He's in this side, and you're in that side, and you're 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 getting a kind of uh, balance in this way. But it's very interesting to leave it with the person, and and that, that the self-correcting is there, not 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 you self-correcting. 
And the, the example I wrote in the book is about, uh, well, there are a lot of accidents with young drivers in the weekend. Where they, they, they text while they drive. And you got all kind of campaigns uh, to um, to dissuade people to do so. Uh, that can be very soft campaigns, but also very very confrontational uh, campaigns with uh, with a lot of blood and uh, etc. To, to get the shock effect. But anyway, if I if I take it personally, if I see the, such a campaign, I say, well, okay, yeah, that's for other people, but not for me because I can text and drive uh, perfectly. Now this this driving school in Belgium had uh, that is a, a nice uh, a nice uh, a clip on on YouTube. They uh, they there's a driving school and uh, the driver instructor said uh, to the young the young driver let's uh, say well it's not enough for your for you to drive well to get your driver's license you have to drive and text together and then you get your driver's license and then you see okay right they 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 got their uh, Mobile phone uh, at hand, and they they start to uh, to uh, to uh, to get uh, difficult maneuvers with obstacles, and you see these you see these people getting totally white and and, and scared and the and anxious until someone said, "Well, sir, what you ask from us that is completely irresponsible," and and then 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 you are where you are, and and that's a well, it's a little bit manipulative. But it can be sometimes a way to get out of uh, a deadlock hmm? um, uh, because you get two two positions, and if you go, you can. The more you push on this side, the more the other side get uh, get in, in his pole. But you can also go in the pole of the other one, and then <laughs> the other makes the the move. So it's interesting. It's always this dynamic between these poles, and it is a little bit playing with this dynamic that uh, that can be quite effective. I I love it. And it's uh it's such an interesting thing of um the experience of something. You know, you get an experience trying to text and and drive and maneuver and things like that and you're you're made aware very quickly that it's unbelievably challenging and not a not a wise thing to try to do. But that can be difficult for us to come to that realization to get the opportunity to, you know, in a safe way, experience mm-hmm. something and maybe see, see both sides. But this, um, you know, the, the paradox in your work and the, in the, the work that other people are doing in this area, it's like a, it seems like a way to help us see clearly to see both, um, in Stoic philosophy and in many others, this like view from above, mm-hmm. but also not not just the view from above. You know, they talk about seeing the whole and the part. So it's like holding the view from right here on the ground and above at the same time to see clearly and, and make wise decisions. So uh, I just love the work that you're doing and, uh, you know, appreciate over these many decades all all that you've been doing. Um, you know, around paradox. I think it's so important. So I, I thought we could maybe finish up the conversation and talk about how to be paradoxically competent. Mm-hmm. And I want to read something that you write in the book, which I think is so counterintuitive for, for much of us. You write, we tend to categorize and seek clear profiles of ourselves and of others. Our whole culture is permeated by the myth 
of some sort of unambiguous self. Mm-hmm. Could you unpack that a bit and, you know, why that's yeah, 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 yeah. an important it, thing? Well, it, it gives a lot of uh, identity is one of the number one issues at this time. People is trying to define myself. If, if you are this, who am I? Eh? And how do I relate to you? And what is my specific identity? An identity can be a helpful thing, but it can also be a narrowing thing. And, 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 and going back to my aspect of we are all kind of um, um, a melting pot of, of very, very, very different aspects. And for every characteristic we have, we have the contrary also, because we need that contrary to counterbalance. If we're all, all only givers, well, then you then you get exhausted. You need to be a taker also. If you're always, let's say, unselfish, well, you need to have this selfish thing. So, in fact, it's always this 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 balance. And you can say, well, I'm let's say more a giver than a taker. But it, it, you can say, well, it's seventy percent, thirty percent, but it's it can be ninety. 10, but it can never be 101, uh, 100 nil, nil, because you need always these both sides. And if I look at identity, who are you then? Well, you said, well, yeah, you're all this, eh? but that's not so very satisfying because, yeah, well, that, that, that's quite uh, uh, chaos. So I use often the, 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 the metaphor of, the, of, uh, of a bus eh? where we're a uh, not one person, we're, we're a whole bus of, of, of people. And there's one in the driving seat, and after the, the driver there are some sub-personalities sub of yourself that you know very well. Right? These are, for example, roles uh, you got from a reflective role to a more, uh, uh, let's say, active role, or you can change that. And you can change it like a, like a director changes the cast of his film, eh? saying, okay, it is now your turn to get to the, the steering wheel. But also you get in, in the back end of the bus aspect of yourself that you really don't want to see and you don't like, and, and that is the selfish guy or the or, or um, uh, uh, the, 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 the aspects of yourself that you don't want to see. But anyway, sooner or later they will come to the front of the bus and take over the steering wheel. And uh, they, that can be, uh, let's say, uh, to go back to my example, if I don't, if I find myself that uh, having clear boundaries is for me something has, has the, the, the connotation of being selfish because, uh, and therefore I put it really at the back of the bus. But anyway, when I'm on holiday, it comes back and I get <laughs> the angry Evo gets uh, on, the, on the steering wheel. Now, in, in my thinking, it is not, you're not the director of this bus, but you, can, you are the one who observes the bus and the different persons in the bus. And you know who is at the driving wheel at that point. So who are you? You are not, well, you're more than all these different aspects of yourself. You're also the person or the, the, the person who can, and that is your link with Buddhism, etc., who can observe observe the whole bunch of people that you are, and and also can make deliberate choices. Not always, but is and this gives a much more space and much more possibilities. Uh, in fact, to um, 
because these are all aspects of yourself. And you know when, when something comes up, but often we are not aware of this, and this is something that triggers us. If, uh, if my, um, my, 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 my son or daughter are, are very uh, nasty, I get, uh, I get very authoritarian, for example. Oh, right, that's a trigger, that's my reaction. If I know that, oh, right, okay, I mean, an authoritarian, oh, all right, but I also, also, I'm also a nice father. So do I need to go in this role or am, have I have the liberty to, to take this role on or not? Huh? And, and that is, I think, the power of, of and this self-observation is so crucial, I think, as a crucial, one of the crucial skills in this. I think it's the basis of, of, of well, the, the eight the eight skills that I uh, work out in the book, but I think it's the basic layer also. And that's more internally focused and most competencies are externally focused. It's about behavior, but this is kind of uh, an internal quality that is, I think, and it's a kind of meta competency because there you, you can see what competency that you use in what situation. That is, let's say, the master, the master director of the whole, the whole bunch. Let's say, yeah. And sometimes you have to be uh, more at the background. Sometimes you have to show off, etc. So you, you, you make, you make more conscious choice than it, than that it overcomes you. I love it. I think that is such a beautiful and important idea. I made a, a note here of a Tolstoy quote that I, I want to highlight, but essentially you just um, laid out exactly what he, what he was saying so beautifully. And I have a question for you, but Tolstoy wrote one of the most common and generally accepted delusions is that everyone can be qualified in some particular way said to be qu- kind, wicked, energetic, you know, so on. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, people are not like that. Everyone bears within them, the germs of every human quality now manifests one now another. And it just kind of goes, goes on there. You don't see a lot of that. And I mean, I read a lot of books, obviously I, I interview a lot of authors. You don't necessarily even see a lot of that, which I think is such an important idea and maybe a, maybe a difficult one to grasp and, and accept Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Is that your experience? Like, why is that? Why do you think this is uh, an important idea and maybe not as commonly talked about? Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because it it, it might be confusion, uh, confusing it that you say, well, but but anyway, uh, um, I need to have uh, to to have a very sharp profile, uh, also on my CV or on my LinkedIn profile. I'm I'm, I'm about this huh? and, and and not about that. And it, it well, it, it it gives a lot of comfort. Um, but I think the the big advantage of this self reflection is um, that it helps you to empathize with others because if you recognize all the aspects of others in yourself. And what we often do is, for example, they say, well, I'm not judgmental, but these people are very, very judgmental. Or, um, well, let's say, uh, or uh, people who who looks down on other people, I find them despicable. Huh? Uh, what I'm doing is exactly the same. 
Um, uh, so that is my that is then the the, the blind spot uh, and 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 being aware of that you can help you start a conversation with, with, with people because you recognize this aspect of being better as someone else, also in yourself. Ah, right, okay. And that, that allows you to be much more mild uh, regarding others than saying, okay, I'm right and they are wrong. And, and, and that is a way also to start a real dialogue instead of, uh, let's say, my position versus your position. Um and your my polarization is very is very attractive because it if if you're you're for this and I'm for the opposite well you you make me you make me feel alive because I know this is where I stand for and this is where I stand and the more you say that the more I get um, a sense of purpose and um, you saw it in the Cold War right? the, the, the two parties needed each other and if one collapsed well the other get into an identity crisis yeah who am I what so sometimes <laughs> let's say also you see that with dictators if you have a problem inside with all kinds of tensions you get an external enemy because the external enemy gives a closure of of all the ranks and uh, uh, um, and it's much more difficult to to break that. Uh, it 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 re requires that you, um, yeah. Well, first of all, see that pattern, and um, and that you question uh, question yourself in that. Uh, is that something I want, or is that? Uh, and what are the the negative consequences of that? Because. Um, um, it doesn't help you solve problems anyway. It only gets us in the deadlock. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing. Our, our minds are naturally categorizing and labeling, you know, good, bad, tall, short, whatever it may be. Like the Tao Te Ching talks about, you know, one side obviously giving birth to the, to the other. Once they're short, there's tall. In, in Zen... It seems like they make a, they stress seeing kind of beyond words, mm -hmm. you know, um, without these these constructs of, of words. But it it makes me think of, um, you know, like in in your book, this idea of of both and thinking. It's not necessarily suggesting that you abandon either or thinking, or you know, by any way yeah. that 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 that's not needed because it is. And it's, I don't know, it seems like this is a similar thing in terms of like, yes, the labels and the classifications and the words help. It allows us to have a conversation and you to write a book. But in a way of, you know, how do you see when the limitations of them and, and when it's a time for curiosity and wonder to maybe how do you hold the, all the words and the labels and assumptions to the side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. um it, it, it's a it's a very useful tool eh, to categorize and to make differences because we need that is our language we need to make differences etc. But if differences become absolute or as, aspects that uh, that becomes our identity where we identify with this, yeah, then it becomes a limitation. Uh, but anyway, I can say I'm a. I, I can give you my my personality profile, uh, and I have uh, 
uh, I'm very planned, I'm very controlled, blah, 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 etc. I have also this other side. But anyway, I'm, con- I'm if I'm I'm conscious about it, I know also when when I get um, when it's overdone, when I exaggerate, uh, when I uh, then I can in 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 some way control it better or, or or make it more in a in a use it in a better in a better way. Um, and I think um, I got this beautiful example of. Um, I, I, I was I was giving this lecture for a for a private equity firm, and they say, "Well, we had a, we have a, a, a bunch of startups, and you're listening to your story. The startups who are the most performant are the ones with a very creative chief executive and a very strict CFO, financial officer, mm-hmm. and." They both believe in their thing, yeah? in one in creativity and growth and the other in bottom line results. If they can also go on a higher level and see their view, they can passionately believe in their view, but see it as a kind of um, partly vision and, and that it, it needs to support a higher, a higher purpose. Then it gets. It's an enormous driver of of uh, this. This diversity is an enormous driver of of performance and success and whatever eh? and, and happiness. If they don't, if they don't see that higher purpose, if they see oh, I'm right, etc. Well, then you got you got a completely split in the organization. And uh, so it is, like you said, eh? it is believing it, embodying it, but on the other hand being at the meta level and observing it. So it is not mm-hmm. only observing it like we're, we're kind of uh, meditating all the time. It's not only in the action mode, it is switching between both. And then it can be very powerful. I love it. Our time has flown by, Evo. Let me um, throw a couple more questions at you. One is, so you, you identify eight skills around this paradoxically competent and maybe one that we've been talking about self-observe and take a meta position. But the second is self-analyze and put the inner world into words. Could you unpack that for us a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That is um, for, I'll give you an example. Um, I was giving this uh, masterclass training a week ago with a colleague and um, I'm the guy from the content and she likes all these kind of uh, playful working methods. And uh, I, I, my self-observation is we, we discussed and I, I, I felt a lot of resistance. Wow, well, this is not, and I tried to go all kinds of arguments not to do that. Right, but then I self-observe, oh, right, okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm steering something in, in, in a certain direction. Why does it, why does it touches me so? Why, why am I so vigorous about it? And then I get into self-analyze and say, ah, right, this is my paradox between having control and, yeah, uh, giving freedom, but also let things happen huh, without being controlled. Ah, right, and I'm, I'm very much on this side. And the other thing is, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid that I'm not taken seriously enough, so that it is all playful, etc. That's childish, and then I, I associate it with childish. Ah, interesting. That is my. That is also my polarity, uh, and that gives me 
so the, the self-analyze is you yeah you have to observe it but where does it come from and what are charges emotional charges convictions that are linked to it and why is that my behavior and then you come in the aspect of allowing this discomfort because then i started to say okay okay you try an exercise i just monitor and then i <laughs> I, i was very anxious what is going to happen etc and And I, I went through that experience, which was very discomforting. But anyway, it it, it worked, etc. So, and that 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 created for me the openness to say, well, maybe there is, and that is the the, the third the fourth uh, skill. Maybe there is something good at it. Maybe that's something interesting. Maybe that can help us. So, hmm, I'm curious. What is uh, what what would be the the, the good thing about it? So. Um, uh well that helped me uh, to 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 open up but before that i have to go to this uncomfortable phase like what what is going to happen here i i love it and i appreciate you sharing that e- example and it it sounds like in that self analyze that it's it's with a lens of kindness compassion curiosity and things like that as you're observing and and analyzing is that um which is sometimes difficult for for some when we think of self observation and analyze it can be a challenging thing how can we look through a lens of kindness and compassion when we're doing that yeah that, that's a, that's a, to do it with kindness and compassion is it, it is very difficult to do so but anyway just to allow it that these things you don't have to like it anyway but you anyway mm. a, allow these things and for me i know that if you allow this uncomfort to exist because uh, my my mind will only uh, if i have a problem i want to solve it i will to solve it immediately and i feel shortcoming if i cannot solve it immediately i find myself stupid or whatever but allowing this discomfort helped me in the past the the, the big innovations i did in my work came out from this phase of discomfort staying in this not knowing phase etc and then something arises that you never expected that could rise and um yeah this gives me the strength that that ah uh, allowing uh, can help me can help me also as a professional or or a person etc so it is not something that i is not so a masochistic uh, um uh, thing but it is something that can help me uh, be more effective person uh i can better listen to others i can better get things from others that enrich my thinking instead of opposing it so it it helps me to be a better prof- professional it helps me in my work so that that is my trick to to do this discomfort because it's easy to 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 avoid discomfort eh? and to have it all but but if you do that you're always doing the same you stay you're staying on in in the same track and and discomfort helps you to enlarge your your framework and to get on another track that you might not have seen before beautiful Well, our time has flown by. We've made it to this final wrap-up question. We we ask everybody that comes on how you define or think about wisdom, and I get that 
maybe the whole conversation has really been on the on the topic of wisdom. But any sort of brief thoughts around wisdom in daily life to conclude the conversation? Yeah, I think. Well, we we I think we 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 covered that in large. I think it is. Uh, knowing, eh, know thyself, like, like, uh, like, uh, as I think so- Socrates uh, said, um, it's, I think, this is the most important there. And, re- and like Tolstoy said, recognizing all these aspects of humanity in yourself help you to empathize with others and to connect with others. And I think to build uh, a better world that way also, eh, because you touches on this humility. Thing. It is at the end. It is not about yourself, but it's about what you want to contribute to the overall goal, and that gives you the most and the deepest satisfaction. Uh, that that gives uh, well. That's the reason why I wrote this book uh, because it's an it's an it's an it's an awesome uh, well also no it's a terrible thing to do. You're just writing etc. People are just sitting on terraces and you're, you're writing. And why do you do that? Because you want, because you have, I, I do this work because it's this higher goal. I want to bring something. And, 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 and yeah, and that is for me <laughs> the reason I'm, I'm involved in this, in this work. And I think wisdom is, is, is linked to this higher, higher, yeah, contributing to this higher purpose. Well, this has been great, Evo. And uh, I appreciate the work and the and the time of of coming on the on the show to talk about paradoxical leadership it's great i highly recommend it to the listeners is there anywhere that you might point listeners that are interested in learning more about you or your work in the world well anyway uh, they can uh, they they can visit uh, the website uh, it's uh, paradoxical uh, trade uh, leadership uh, dot com. Uh, anyway, they find articles, they find the link to the books, they find uh, all kind of inspiration there. Uh, and of course, uh, I recommend them to uh, buy the beautiful book Paradoxical <laughs> Leadership, who has now uh, one week uh, uh, is published. Uh, um, and I think it's uh, well, it for me it 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 it, it encompasses uh, fifteen years of. Of thinking about this uh, this uh, this matter. Well, beautiful. We'll put links in the show notes so it's easy to find. Evo Bergmans, thank you for coming on In Search of Wisdom. Joshua, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you found something useful. If so, I encourage you to put what you heard into practice. You can learn more at perennialleader.com. There you'll find links to show notes, our daily email newsletter, and Reading in the Good Life, a free weekly meetup. Until next time, be wise and be well.